Hello, everyone. I'm Jonathan Schuler, and welcome to the Fortress of Truth, where we look into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein by the grace of God. Jesus said, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Praise the Lord. Well, for a little while, we've been talking about the love walk, and we're going to continue with that today. Talking about the love walk, renewing our mind, learning how to imitate God, which is walking in the love of God. Now, we've made this confession a few times before. Let's do it again. Before we even get into the Word, we're making a confession of faith. Say it out loud. By the grace of God... I will be a doer. I am a doer of the Word of God. Amen. Those are the people who get results. Doers. We can't do what we're supposed to do on our own, but God's not just going to leave us hanging. He's not just going to tell us to do something and then say, all right, have fun. See what you do your best. Never once did God tell us, do our best. Whenever he tells us to do something, he empowers us, enables us to do it. I mean, it would be unjust of him to to tell us to do something when he knows that we can't do it. I mean, he knows all things. He knows exactly what we can and can't do. So if if he told us to do something that he knew we couldn't do, that would be unjust. But God isn't unjust. Instead, when he tells us to do something, even if we couldn't have done it on our own before, as soon as he tells us to do it, he empowers us to be able to do it. Amen. Thank you, Lord. God is so gracious, so merciful. And also, we see over in Hebrews where it says that we, if we're in trouble, we can come boldly before the throne of grace and that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help. God gives us his grace, his help, so that we can accomplish whatever we need to accomplish, whatever he leads us to do. Amen. Well, we've been looking at Ephesians chapter 5 in this study on walking in the love of God. We'll start there again. Ephesians 5, 1, out of the New King James, it says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Now, if this is your first time joining us for this series, I really encourage you, you need to go back and listen to the rest of these lessons. It'll help you get caught up. And we've already covered a lot of ground on this subject, and I don't have time to go back over it all now. But if you go back and listen to it, it'll really help get you caught up with where we're at. But what we saw before is this phrase, how Christ loved us and gave himself for us. The NIV says, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, 
as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Jesus gave himself up for us. We saw that phrase and how that really is the heart and the essence of walking in the love of God. Being willing to give of yourself to benefit another. Not being self-centered, but being others-centered. Now, this isn't a matter of us remembering to do this and, you know, just being behavior modification. This is, this love of God, as we've seen in Romans 5 multiple times, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. As soon as we accepted Jesus as our Lord, made Him the Lord of our lives, we were born again, God put His love on the inside of us. What we need to do now is draw it out. So it's on the inside of us. If you're born again, now if you're not born again, you have the old sin nature still on the inside of you. So you don't have, you can't love like this. But I mean, hey, you can get that fixed right now. Just say, Lord, I repent. I make Jesus, I confess you as my Lord. I believe you raised from the dead. Come into my heart and help me live the life that would please you. It's not hard. It says in Romans 10, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I mean, I heard one minister, he was talking about um, Paul's, or well, it would have been Saul at the time, on the road to Damascus. And, you know, he's, walk, he's going down the road, ready to persecute some more Christians. And all of a sudden he sees a bright light and it knocks him down onto the ground and the, he hears a voice from heaven, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he, he said, you know, that Paul, Saul had the quickest, the shortest salvation prayer ever. Lord, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> but he was saved in that moment because we read on in, the, in Acts chapter nine there where Ananias came to pray for him. He said, brother Saul, that's how you refer to another believer. Because we're, in the, we're all in the family of God. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. So if we're born again, we have the love of God on the inside of us. And we've been talking about renewing our mind to this love so that we can draw it out from our heart and so it can show up on the outside where other people can see it and benefit from it. So we've been looking for a while in Romans chapter 12, and uh, we'll, we'll read it again here because it's good for us. <laughs> Romans 12 verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So see here, the reason why I'm, as we're progressing in this study, I'm seeing more and more the importance of 
renewing the mind when it comes to walking in the love of God. As I said, the scripture says the love of God is already in our hearts. But there are times when believers who are truly born again, but they're really not exhibiting the love of God the way they should. Well, why is that? Is it because the love of God isn't in their hearts? Well, certainly not. The scripture says, if you're born again, the love of God is in your heart. So it's in there. It's just that the faucet's turned off, the switch is turned off, and it's not able to come out. Now, why is that? Because we haven't renewed our mind. We haven't presented our body as a living sacrifice, and we haven't been transformed and renewed our mind to the truth of God's word. Notice this. He says, be not, verse 2, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. He's drawing a contrast here. You're either going to be conformed to the world or transformed into the, the creation, the new creation that God wants you to be. Now, when you're born again, your spirit is already a new creation. God recreates your spirit. Your spirit is reborn. It is a new creature. But your mind is your responsibility. You need to renew your mind, unplug from the world's way of thinking, and reprogram, if you will, your mind so that you think in line with the Word of God and with the love of God. You know, the, the um, example illustration is popular about glasses. You know, however you, you know, if you have pink shaded glasses on, everything is going to look pink to you. If you have blue shaded glasses, everything's going to look blue. Well, what we're going to need to do is when, when we're born into this world, we have the world's colored glasses on to some degree. Until we're born again, we look at everything in life through the lens of the world. And, every, and our thought process and our heart is tinted Our responses are tinted by the lens that we're looking through, which until we're born again, that lens is the world's pattern. But when we're born again and our heart, our spirit is recreated, then we can begin the process of renewing our mind, taking off those old worldly glasses and putting on the lens of the word of God and the love of God so that we start seeing things, seeing other people, seeing situations, and just viewing life in general through the Word of God and and, uh, judging our responses through the love of God. So notice he says here, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Now, once again, he's talking to believers here. And he's saying, Christian, believer, you need to present your body a living sacrifice. You need to not be conformed to the world. You need to be transformed and renew your mind. So you can accept Jesus, make him the Lord of your life, and be a believer and on your way to heaven and never do any of this. Never present your body as a sacrifice. Never be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And every day of your life, if you, you can be a believer and still be conformed to the pattern of the world. But by the grace of God, we're not going to do that, right? I know as for me, I'm going to look into the Word of God and see what God has to say about life and about my situations, and I'm going to think like He thinks. I'm not going to be conformed to the world. Anybody with me? By faith I hear, yes, yes, amen. (laughs) All right, so how do we do this? In order to live out the will of God for our life, we need to be transformed and we need to renew our mind. So now, we've mentioned this briefly before, we've touched on this a bit, but I want to talk about this a little bit more today. Let's look over in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Like I was just saying, if we're going to live out the will of God for our life, we're going to need to renew our mind, and it's going to involve us doing something. It's not just going to happen automatically. Well, what are we going to need to do? We see it in Colossians 3, verse 9. Lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Now, this sounds a lot like Romans 12, doesn't it? Being renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So, he's talking about renewing your mind and reprogramming your thinking. He says here, putting off the old man, putting on the new man. And then he talks about being renewed in knowledge and basically saying being renewed and being conformed, if you will, to the image of God, not to the pattern of the world. That's when the transformation takes place. You change who you're conforming to. Instead of conforming to the world, you're conforming to the Word of God and to the love of God and to the patterns that God has set up for us. But once again, notice what he says here. And like I said, we've talked about this a little bit before. Putting off the old man and putting on the new man. Not going to happen automatically. If we go to our closet and we put on something... Well, we're going to have to put off the old clothes first and then put on the new clothes. They aren't just going to jump on us. 
So this is going to involve, we have spiritual responsibility with this. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking about works here. I'm not talking about working to perfect yourself before you can be acceptable to God. No, your spirit has already been recreated to the likeness and image of God. According to 2 Peter 1, you have the nature of God on the inside of you as a believer. Now, if you're, not a, if you're not a believer, if you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, then you don't. You have the old fleshly sin nature. But if you're a believer, you have the nature of God on the inside of you. You have been given a measure of the love of God put in your heart. That's already acceptable to God. We couldn't do enough to make ourselves acceptable to God. What he's talking about here is walking out that love of God towards others and demonstrating it, manifesting the love of God, not just keeping it cooped up on the inside of us, but instead letting it out and showing it to other people, being a light. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, let's look over there real quickly. Matthew chapter 5. Jesus was talking about, he's, this is the Sermon on the Mount, and he just got through with the Beatitudes, blessed are they, are the poor in spirit, blessed are they who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. And then he gets down to verse 14, and he says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now, what does this have to do with what we're talking about? You have the love of God on the inside of you as a believer you have that light on the inside of you, but you got to get it out. Don't hide your light under a bushel. Don't cover it up. Let it shine. Let your light so shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We're not talking about glorifying ourselves. We're talking about bringing glory and honor to God because when people see us and they know that we're believers, then that is a reflection on our Savior. So notice he says here, men don't light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. So you're not going to light your candle and put it under some translations will say a bowl, you know, I know my mom, she, she really likes candles, especially the fancy scented ones. And so from time to time, she'll have candles burning in the house. And there's some of them that'll be in a little glass jar. And the wax is all the way up to the top of the jar and then the wick in the middle and everything. Well, since it's a jar, it has a lid. And what I like to do, particularly if it's a transparent jar and, and lid, 
What I like to do is I'll just take the lid, instead of blowing the candle out, I'll just take the lid and just shove it down on top of it. Now, I don't know if you've ever done that, but what happens is the candle, it'll burn for a little while, but then it'll, the flame will just start getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and eventually it'll just go poof in a little plume of smoke, and the, can, the flame will be completely out. Why is that? Well, basically, I covered it up with a bowl. I snuffed it out. So God has given us each a light. We're not supposed to snuff it out and cover it up. We're supposed to let it shine. Now, how do we do this? By renewing our mind and putting off the old man and putting on the new man. Being renewed in knowledge and becoming an imitator of God and doing what pleases Him and what He would want us to do in every situation. That shines a light. That is a light in a dark world and it shines directly to the Lord and is really is a, the best testimony. Because, you know, you can say whatever you want to say, but like the old expression goes, actions speak louder than words. You know, you can say whatever you want to say, but if your actions are saying something different, you know, I, I remember, I think, this, I think this is another expression too. It says, I can't hear what you're saying because your actions are talking too loudly. That's talking about somebody who will say one thing, but they're doing something completely different. Their actions are nullifying their words. So we can talk about Jesus and God all the time, but until we start walking in the love of God and demonstrating that, our words really aren't going to have much effect. But when we start letting our light shine and letting the love of God come out of us, and being intentional about expressing that love, renewing our mind, and putting on, intentionally putting on the new man, clothing ourselves with this love, that is when our witness becomes effective. Let's go back to Colossians chapter 3, and let's keep reading there. Colossians 3, we were down at verse 10. Let's, well, let's just back up to verse 9. We'll read it again. Lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Now, here's starting with verse 11, he's going to talk about um, our status in Christ. Okay? He says, where there is neither Greek nor Jew circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. In other words, all of these um, classifications that we have in the natural, you know, well, I'm of this heritage. Well, I'm of this background. Well, I have this education. You know, don't lose your individuality don't lose your culture, 
But none of that means anything in Christ. Just because you had you have five degrees and went to college for 47 years doesn't mean <laughs> that you're any more special in the body of Christ than someone who only has a third grade education, right? See, the, the great thing is that gives everybody an equal standing before God. We all have to trust God equally. And that's what pleases him, is when we trust him. Verse 12, put on, therefore, okay, he's talking about more things that we need to put on, more spiritual responsibility here. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And now notice this verse 14 here. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Now charity, that's the King James word for love. He says, we need to put on all these things in the spirit. You know, he's, he's given us some spiritual fashion advice, if you will. Here, put this on. It looks good on you. But he says, above all these things, put on love. Let me read some different uh, versions of this to you. The Amplified says, verse 14, and above all these, put on love and enfold yourselves with the bond of perfectness which binds everything together completely in ideal harmony. Glory to God. When we put love on, that covers everything else. That ties everything else together. The NIV says, And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. The complete Jewish Bible says, above all these, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together perfectly. Glory to God. And the message says, and regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. I like that talking about spiritual fashion, your basic all-purpose garment is love, the love of God. You can never go wrong demonstrating the love of God. And he says, it's your basic all-purpose garment, never be without it. <laughs> Regardless of anything else that you put on, put on love. Wear love. Let the love of God come out through you. Let your light so shine. Let the love of God shine out of you to others. And you watch. The Lord will use you to bless others so much, more than you could ever thought was possible. And it will be so exciting. I tell you, there is no greater fulfillment in life than seeing the Lord work through you to help someone else. 
Praise the Lord. I'm so thankful for him and for his grace to help us. And it really is a tremendous honor and privilege to get to be used by him. Well, I hope you enjoyed this podcast today. If you did, please make sure and hit the uh, subscribe button. Make sure and follow us so that you never miss an episode of The Fortress of Truth. And be sure and, and tell other people about it. You know, let other people know about it. Tell your friends and family. And be sure and join us again next time as we're continuing to talk about the love walk. Well, we'll see you next time on The Fortress of Truth.